It is easy for worship leaders to feel alone. There is tremendous pressure on us each week to perform, to lead, and to help direct an amazing experience of worship and connection to God. But it's so overwhelming. There's no place to go to talk through these unique challenges worship leaders face. Welcome to the table. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the next episode of The Table. Uh, my name is Jason Squires. I am the host of this podcast. And today I'm joined by my good friend, Doug Gould. Doug, how's it going? I'm doing very, very well, my friend. Yeah? Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm Just got a haircut. Uh-huh. It's good to see you. all of them. Did you get, I mean, yeah, yeah. There's, you missed you missed one off the tweezed. Tweezed. That's awesome. I just got my hair tweezed. That's oh, that's amazing. Uh, hey, um, introduce yourself. I mean, a lot of it, a lot of people know who you are and uh, know you by your your stage name, Worship MD. Um, but like, tell us about you. Tell us about Doug and what, like a little five minute. Uh, I mean, walk bio. us walk us down memory lane, Doug. Walk How's, us down memory lane. Okay. <laughs> tell tell us about you and what kind of what you do. Okay. <laughs> well, <clears throat> I uh, started music lessons when I was seven. My mom was a professional singer. My grandfather was a band director. And if I was going to learn to do math and read, I had to read music, too. There was just no two ways around it. And I yeah. didn't like it for two years. Piano at seven years old is not fun. But then I stick with it and <clears throat> played in rock bands in high school and concert band and jazz band and but college wasn't for me, so I joined the Navy, <clears throat> and I became an assistant to a hand surgeon for four years in the Navy. I thought I wanted to be a doctor when I got out. So I was yeah. 22, and I'm looking at eight years of college and going, like, uh, I don't know. You know. So somebody says, you want to be in a rock band? I said, oh, that sounds better. So I did that. And I played in rock bands, worked in stereo shops, music stores, until I was about 30 years old, and then I got saved. Had to get a real job, got married. Worked in a music store, then I was a rep for JBL up in New England, along with like Kramer Guitars when Eddie Van Halen was playing on Audio Technica, Kawhi Keyboards. I'm a keyboard player. Yeah. I'm not a guitarist. And uh, was a rep for three years, and then I got hired by Emu Systems, which is in Scotts Valley, California. Oh, yeah. They would make uh, Proteuses, Emacs 2, samplers, synthesizers, drum machines like the SP-12. I was the Eastern sales manager for half of North America. And in that time, I had two baby boys, and I wasn't seeing them very often. So um, Tascam hired me, and my deal was they wanted to pay me less, but they're only going to make me travel two weeks a year, uh, two okay. weeks a month instead of four weeks a month, so I could see my kids once in a while. And that lasted for 10 years until 9-11, and then 26 of us lost our job after that. And this is one month before I'm marrying Sherry. We both are in our second marriages. She had six kids. I had two. It's a Brady Bunch kind of a family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and we have eight kids between us and now 18 grandkids. Awesome. And when I lost my job after 10 years, uh, I didn't know what was going to happen because uh, now I, I have a house, eight kids. Now I only had two a month ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And now what am I going to do? I got no job. And sure hired me. Sure hired me to be a U.S. market development manager for the United States. And I didn't even know what that meant. Yeah, market development, what is that? That's where you go and talk to end users and teach them how to use products. Wireless, in-ear monitoring, mic techniques, applications, live sound. And I'm a worship 
leader now. I'm a believer. And I'm saying, well, can I spend my time in any vertical? We'd like you to cover all the verticals, which is like government, school, uh, recording studios, rehearsal studios, education, church. They said church. I went, what? Church? Church is a vertical? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Cool. Because volunteers are in the churches and they don't know how to use microphones. So maybe I can spend a lot of my time there. So the first few years, I just looked at the horizon. I did internet searches and read articles about who's doing conferences for worship. And what's funny is back in 2002, there was some worship conferences that were pretty celebrated. Worship Institute, Worship Together, Seminars for Worship by Integrity. Nobody was teaching audio. It's just all music. I remember calling Lamar Boschman at Worship Institute and says, hey, you mind if I crash your party and teach some mic applications and in-ear applications? He goes, why would we need that? Mm. I says, we got a band, right? And the band has to present their stuff to the congregation. Who do you think does all that stuff? Totally. I, I guess it'd be okay for you to come. That's how it started. That's and by the second year, I was doing 35 events a year. Jeez. And then they were starting to introduce me to who sure thought were their worship artists. I said, this is great. They're all urban gospel. I, I, I get that. You know, McClurkin and all these guys. That's great. But you don't have any other genres represented in Christian music. So I went to the Dove Awards. And Mercy Me was the first band I signed for sure endorsement. Yeah. And I signed Tomlin. I signed Lincoln Brewster, Israel Houghton, David Crowder, Tim Hughes. Yeah. And I wrote content for them. I started a, a newsletter called Worship Notes, for sure. And in one year, I surpassed their original newsletter, which was just called Sure Notes. So yeah. seven years I did that. And then when they let me go in 2009, because it had run its course, my travel budget was 100 grand a year. They were paying me six figures. And I was having a blast just talking to church guys for, for seven years. Yeah, they yeah. gave me rope, enough to hang myself. And then they let me go. And I still had 25 events left on the calendar to do. And they said, we're not doing those. We're done with that. So call them all up. Tell them you're not coming. So I called them all up. said, I lost my job. Guess I won't be there this year. Yeah, yeah. And with, without fail, every one of them said, Doug, we don't care about sure. Is there any way you can get here and teach? And the light came on. Before I knew it, people were calling me. I wasn't just calling them. And I was getting... Individual companies like AT and Presonus and Aviom and West Home, and they all combined to share the ride, to pay for the expenses and the compensation. Yep. And I did that all the way up until 2020 when the pandemic hit. 35 events a year with multiple clients. That's amazing. And it just ended. <laughs> it just blew up. Yeah, right. And now it's coming back again. So. Well, this this whole month we're talking about making the right decision for your context and. Um, like whatever that, whatever your context is, how do you, how do you, how do you make those decisions? Because there's so many options in the AV world to jump into. And I think it's fair to say that culture drives gear. I mean, kind of bigger is better. We just kind of grow into the next thing. And, you know, the new iPhone comes out and it's like, I have to have the new iPhone. I have to have the new kind of like chasing, you're chasing something that you never kind of land on. Um, you never land. Now people are going I don't need to buy the new iPhone. Mine works. And I don't, because we've kind of slowly started to realize I don't have to chase, I don't have to chase it as much as I used to chase it. Um, and if, you know, everyone's upgrading their systems, every, you know, people have outdated systems. 
how do I just, how do I decide what's right for my context uh, when it comes to, you know, this kind of thing? And also how do I decide what's practical for my setup versus uh, not just the newest thing? Cause I mean, that's a, that's kind of a, it's kind of a place to go. Like help, help us, help us with that. Okay. What I try to find out, I'm not a designer or a integrator or a, a salesperson for these things. I can yeah. recommend it. And whenever I go to a conference where I'm training a specific church, like I did this last weekend, uh, I did a church in New Jersey called Bayside Chapel, who have unbelievably great equipment. Yeah. They have the resources to pay for equipment. You know what they don't have? Anybody who knows how to use it. Yeah. So they get sold a bill of goods a lot of times because when they're qualifying the system for the church, the integrator, I should say, when they're looking at the church and what it needs, they'll say, you need this, 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 and this. And you got people who don't know what questions to ask. So they go along with it. So, yeah, they got beautiful speakers. They got a Midas Pro 2 console, which probably is like 25 grand. Yeah. The PreSonus does more than that thing for five grand. Right, right, right. And the guy who's operating it, although he knows somewhat what to do, he doesn't know how to get around that side. The integrator never provided training. They commission the system. They watch one service. They're out of here. So I'm looking for volunteer-friendly things, especially when it comes to mixers. How easy is this thing to get around? Yep. And will it do the things that you need it to do, not only now, but in the future? A lot of times people will look at how many channels a mixer has. I need 32 channels. Great. You probably should buy 40 or 48 because you'll use them. Yep. But they never ask how many outputs it has. So why would that be important? Well, you've got eight outputs on this mixer, 32 by eight, let's say. All right. So you got four musicians in your band and they each want a stereo monitor mix. You just use up all eight auxes. You have nothing left now for for streaming. You have nothing to send to the foyer. You have nothing to send to wherever else you want to send a, a bus. Yep. So think of outputs, not just inputs. Think of having something that records easily, maybe onboard or with a computer USB, because everybody's streaming now, but nobody knows how to mix the stream. Just listen to some streams around Sacramento. Yeah. They're going to sound awful. Because yep. you know why? We got the gear, but nobody knows how to do a mix. Yep. It so looks they never pretty. We assume the gear is going to do the work. They never we have ass- training to get these people the help they need. Totally. We assume the gear is going to do the work for us, and it's, that's, yeah. not how that, that's not how gear works. Right. So whether it's a microphone, whether it's a wireless system, whether it's a loudspeaker, uh, an in-ear monitor system, you have churches, too, that might transcend from wedges to in-ears, and they get the in-ears this week, and they try to use them this weekend. Yep. Instead of rehearsing with them for months on end before they can really feel comfortable with the way they feel and the way they sound. But they use them right away and then everybody gets turned off from them. All these things stink. Yeah. Avion mixers. They were a client of mine. So the first few years people had Avion, the little blue box with the 16 channels. Every time I went into a church, people hated the mix on them. I would look at the thing and every channel would be up to 10 and nothing would be panned. So you had a stereo mix. What a huge advantage over a wedge, right? Right. But they're putting everything up. How do you hear yourself when everything is turned up to 10? Turn everything else down and leave yourself room to move. 
I put I played it at I played it at church once who went at the Avium system and went out to the wedge and then the, the everybody on stage had the ability to turn their system as loud as they wanted. It was the worst. It was I was like we don't like, well it's it's customization it's personal no no no. no. I bet the audio tech loved that. Of course, that's right. It's right. But panning is a big deal because when you yeah. start panning things and your brain looks at the person to the left of you and it's coming out of your left ear and the person to the right of you is coming out of your right ear, that makes sense now to me. I'm not mixing it like a music producer. I'm yep. mixing it like I see it on the stage. So it makes sense to your brain that things are coming from the right direction. Like with your in-ears now, you don't have yep. to worry about that because wherever you turn, it's that way. Correct. But it isn't that way normally, right? Correct. So grouping grouping uh, this church just last weekend they're moving from avioms to all psm 900s which are expensive and everybody's going to have an ipad yeah. everybody's going to have an ipad does everybody know how to mix on that ipad right probably not because they don't even know how to mix on their avioms i told them i said you got 16 channels used up here and four of the channels were background vocal one two three and four i said so you have a mix on each of your vocalists there why don't you group them and turn the vocals up or down as you need them? Just one knob. Yeah, yeah. I can do that? Yeah. See where it says group on your avion right there? In fact, when I'm a worship leader, I group all my channels to one thing. I have the whole band on a group. So I don't have to turn down 15 knobs. I turn down one. <laughs> yeah, and it's one system. Yeah. And I leave myself alone. So if they're, if they're overwhelming me, I don't want to go to to, 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 to where I'm playing keyboards. It's impossible. Right. So then you get the one wrong. Is the biggest problem I have with when people are oversold a bill of goods for equipment, uh, you tell them to buy KSM nines for their for their vocalists because they're the best. That's a condenser. You can't use a condenser on a small stage, right in yep. front of the drum set. You got to use something different. So I love it. I love that your heart is training because I think that's that's the it's not you know sell them the item it's it's like i want to make sure that it's practical useful and um and not necessarily it may not be the newest thing it's the yeah. new like it's it's you know find something that is makes sense for what you're doing um now fact, before you jump to the next thing do you know how to use what you already have to its fullest capability correct and maybe the problem is we don't know how to use the thing that we have and if we know how to use the thing that we have you may not need to upgrade what you're doing and move on to what you're doing um, now this is a conversation, um, that, you know, within the church staff, the worship leader is always looking for what I need to do and change and fix. Um, but how would you help, how would you recommend helping my lead pastor or my elder team see the need for, for new, something new? Cause right now they go, I turn it like Sunday morning. I can hear everybody. Why do I, why do we need to spend, you know, X number of dollars on something else when, Right, it feels like what we're doing is working. How do you? How would you help the? Um, how would you help that conversation? Sometimes it's not the pastor. Sometimes it's the worship leader, the tech director, or anybody who feels that there's something inadequate happening in either the live sound or the stream sound or a recording. So they do multi tracks and they play the multi tracks for people. And I say, don't do that. Get yourself a little handheld like a little task scan or a zoom or something with two microphones on it with an SD yeah. card, put it at front of house and record it. And the next time you want to 
have anybody listen to something about what's happening in the room, use that because that's just like a pair of ears in the room. If your pastor says everybody can hear everything, you say, okay, listen to this. You think everybody can hear that clearly with intelligibility? You listen to the reflections in the room with your sermon. It's almost like a cathedral in here. Yeah. Maybe we should spend some money on room acoustics, maybe not gear, but just treating the room right. So whatever we put in here in the future will sound better because the room has been treated. People yeah. don't consider that as a as a component of the system at all a lot of times. They just keep putting new systems in, hoping it'll get better. And the hoping room the new system better, has the has right. the capability. Yeah. So you know, my I go back to scripture, like I said on in worship innovators. Faith comes yeah. by hearing. If I can't hear something clearly and intelligibly, my heart will never be transformed. I'll never become a believer because I can't even hear what you're saying. Yeah. That's it. Faith comes by hearing. Yep. And how much money do we put into the hearing of, of the word or of the sermon or of the lyrics in a song? We don't. Truth. Unless you're a big end church, you know, top end mega church, and you spend all million dollars on your production system. But the small churches, again, it, it can be done very economically if we just think about it using like, $50 microphones doesn't help. Right. Putting speakers in the corners doesn't help. Again, it goes back to what I said before. You got volunteers who are doing this stuff. The pastor doesn't know anything about audio. The worship leader doesn't know anything about audio. And the tech doesn't know anything about audio. Yep. And it's a perfect storm. They're all in the mess together. They don't know what questions to ask. They don't have anybody they can depend on. Whoever has a pulse can mix. We wouldn't do that with a pastor. Truth. You read the Bible. Maybe you should do the sermon this week. Right? No, that's 100% accurate. <laughs> You're not, that's right. Yeah. I know. You can play a you keyboard. Well, can you be the keyboard player in our band? <laughs> that's, that's nothing there. Right. I don't know. Maybe that didn't answer your question sufficiently, but no. Uh. No, but I mean, I think your 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 answer there is just, I mean, helping the need. I mean, helping helping see, like, not just jumping, but like going, you know, answering the question of like, our investment is delivering the message of of Sunday morning. Right. And so what we do is this: the sound, the sound coming out is what we are is what we're delivering from right. from stage. And it's like, what are we willing to like sacrifice versus invest in to have that be done properly and done and done well i think we've got into a bad habit of chasing production tools yeah and a lot of the culture of the american church anyway is um concert-like yeah we sit and we watch we don't engage as opposed right. to something that's happening in kentucky right now the asbury revival yeah where you don't see a lot of production it's just right people coming into the presence of God and just, wow, this is blowing me away. I remember Chris Tomlin was uh, coming off stage one time and there was a Chinese pastor on the side of the stage. And uh, Chris said, so you, you're enjoying the concert here tonight? And he said, oh, so loud. And Chris yeah. says, oh, oh, really? Was that loud back here? He goes, yes. He says, in, in China, we, we, we don't have loud worship. Mm. We whisper our worship because yep. if we're loud, we die. Mm. Oof. If we're heard, we die. Oof. So the whole thing for me right now is the music should be on top a little bit of the congregation. 
Yep. It shouldn't be so much up here that you don't hear them anymore. Right. In a lot of churches, that's what it's like. I can't hear the person singing next to me. It's not how that works. It's not the purpose. So with yep. you now, you just you just experience with your ears, your yep. new earphones, what that's like when you hear them singing. 100%. People 100%. People watching streams don't have audience mics. They can't hear anybody in the congregation. They hear like a worship band. And maybe it's not even mixed that well, but even like records that are live records, like Frampton Comes Alive, you hear the audience in the, right. In the room. <laughs> right, because you're part Israel of the experience. In part South of... Africa, you hear the, the audience singing yep. along with them. So, I don't know. Yeah, no, that's you're you're not wrong. Um, one of the things we never talk about in, um, in this kind of scenario is gear maintenance. Uh, like, if I'm taking... Like we just kind of like replace things, and if they, when when they go bad, what are some things that I should be doing as a worship leader, as a sound tech, to just take care of what I have, and you know, be good stewards of what I've what I'm using, and not just go, oh, it broke, let's let's replace it. Oh, I can't, but like actually maintaining the 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 um the things that are in front of us. You have some you have some thoughts on on that. When you say maintain the things, are you talking about physical things or yeah, physical physical gear like we like maintaining soundboards, maintaining you know, mm-hmm. and we learned in COVID the importance of cleaning microphones, right? And like, what are what are some things as and I to be honest with you, prior to COVID, I had never thought about I had never thought about cleaning a physical microphone and how it can carry some of the can just do damage so. What are your what are your thoughts on on gear maintenance? Well, I, I think I think things should be organized because things are always going to break. Yep. So you should always have spare cables uh, put aside, batteries that are freshly charged or new batteries to put in, strings on guitars, basses, new heads on drums. Make sure the sources are as good as they can be before you yep. ever put a microphone on it. Make sure you're wrapping your cables correctly so they don't get knotted up and break. Um, Use the proper cables. Don't use a bunch of adapters to try to make something do something else. Keep things where you know where they're they're at. The soundboard, as far as the tech goes, he should have that thing organized. And if he's a volunteer, he should not change it every week. He should try to keep things simple. Keep it simple. Keep it the same. Yep. Stay consistent. So usually the, the layout is drums, bass, Guitars, keys, vocals, lead vocal, right? Yeah. If you change it every week with different scenes and stuff, it's going to get confusing. For you as a worship leader, I think I'd be more concerned with how to prepare my band to play together as a band. Yeah. So instead of just handing out MP3s like on Planning Center and sending the chart over with the chords and the lyrics, I would actually take some time to annotate how you want the band to play those parts. Where who plays, when they play, when they don't play, how loud, how soft, maybe a style, kick and bass together. I've been spending more time on arranging the band because when you arrange the band to sound like a unit, yep. and this, this doesn't go for you. I know how you are. You're yeah, right, 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 right. The, the, yeah, the small, worship leader, you. Yeah. Small worship directors have never played in a band before in their life. They're just relying on the, on the music musicians who show up to play what they want to play. Right. And the sound man is at the mercy of that and trying to make it blend. It's not his job to blend. It's your job to blend it first and present it to him as a unit that sounds as if they're singing with one voice. And then he can reinforce that. Right. So, and I think the tech and the worshiper are sometimes divided. They're not on the same page, either because they just aren't talking to each other. Or yeah. 
there's no relationship there, but there should be. One one thing that I've noticed going in and out of the same church, I'm in uh, I'm in different churches every Sunday, and so I'm always a fresh. I always have a fresh set of eyes to when I walk into a to a room, as opposed to somebody who's there every week and maybe doesn't see the, the see the things that are taking place on a weekly basis. Right. But um, you mentioned keeping the board simple and keeping the sound space simple. I've always found that like the sound the sound booth kind of becomes the collection spot for everything. Uh, that isn't out. So like, you know, you end up with extra orders of service and and there's papers and there's junk and there's, um, so keeping a, keeping that space clean. Cause like, that's the control center for delivering the message on, on Sunday morning. And if that is failed, then, then, you know, you're, 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 you're not delivering that space. So I love, I love that idea of keeping that, keeping it simple, like keeping that space, everything organized, and yeah. it helps whoever's back there because if that volunteer wow. changes, um, kind of helps helps do that. Yeah. Um, so, so do you, oh, go ahead. Do Do you have a situation in your church? I know this is happening in a lot of churches. They have rotating teams, or it's almost like as Sherry says, the schedule at Burger King. You know, I got these yeah. workers available, and I'll, I'll just put this guy here this week, and this guy can, is available next week. I don't really like that idea. I like yeah. to have the idea of units that kind of play almost all the time together if they can. So yeah. they get to know each other and maybe even include the same sound person with that group so that the whole thing rotates as one. Totally. Yeah. And yeah, those there's it's the, 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 um, the downside to that is making sure you have enough people to make that happen. Right. Like volunteer wise. But I mean, right. if you're, um, but you at least can have semi-consistency on, right. Right. On one of those things. Yeah. I love yeah, I think that's a great. I think that's a great, a great point. And you know what else, too, Jace? I mean, let's just face it. We do, we don't need any of this technology to worship. None of it. Ruth, we we were at seminars for worship in Boston with Paul Balash, Brian Dirksen, Catherine Scott. We were in a Catholic church, and lightning hit the church during the conference. Okay. During the worship part of the conference, took yeah. everything out: lights, PA, everything. And Paul and Brian got in the center of the room with their guitars. Everybody surrounded them. It was a Catholic church, so they had a lot of candles. Yep. <laughs> Lit the candles up. Hard hard surfaces on it, the walls. It yep. was probably one of the most unbelievable worship experiences I've ever had. Yeah. And going, what do we do now? We have no microphones. Oh, who cares? I I was uh I played I played a piano once at a at a it was a funeral at a Catholic church, um, but it wasn't and but I was I was I was playing a song that I would do um on on a, on a normal Sunday, and I was playing piano just doing it as part of the as part of the service, and uh, the 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 piano and the sound kind of just started filling the room, oh. and the and the and the people there started singing, and my worship leader like tendencies were taking over. Yeah, and I could feel I could feel there there was the the Catholic priest on stage. And he he looked at me and I went, oh, you need me to stop, okay? As I kind of stopped to stop singing to continue the service, but like the because the room the room oh. just started coming to life and oh my gosh, the the voices that must have been so the, emotive. Did you start to cry or anything? I did, right, right. It was one of those moments, one of those, yeah. Of, but I get so it, man. My another question for you um, on the other side of things, you know, if your pastor says, let's upgrade, like let's let's go, let's do yeah. this. I worked right. at a church where this happened. And it wasn't even necessarily on my radar. Um, it's like, let's upgrade. Let's go. Like, well, you know, you have the budget. Let's, you know, I want to go do things. 
earlier you mentioned some questions. Give us the questions that I want that we should ask if like we have the canvas to like to go do things. Like right. we have the space, the you know, the approval. And it's like, do I what do I I mean, I don't even know what to ask. Do I go find someone to ask the questions to? Or like how do I how do I start that? Well, you start with your pastor. If he said, let's upgrade. So I would start asking him, what do you think needs upgrading? Yep. What What do you see is the, is the reason why you want to upgrade? What would that be? Would that be our live sound? Would that be um, our security system? What, what, what are you trying yep. to improve? So get his initial thoughts on that. And then I would probably go through the worship team and the tech team and maybe like, you know, whoever else is in that that area, lighting, video, cameras. What's the priority? What's the priority that we want to fix first? Because you don't have to do it all at once. The people who try to upgrade everything at once, unless it's like an old church and you're just retrofitting because they never had a sound system, something like that. So you need need to do what's your budget. Let's make that work. But um, I would ask the techs what they feel that they might need uh, to make their life easier. Uh, and it might be equipment. It yeah. might be more help. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, I think the two things that should be improved first before anything, because mixers are so close to each other in terms of what they do now. Yeah. I mean, obviously there's big mixers, there's little mixers, medium size. Or standard size. But, yeah. but, the, but the sonic differences are minimal. Right. Loudspeakers and microphones are my thing. Okay. You get it you get it right at the front end, you get it right at the back end. And what's in the middle? Yeah, it makes slight difference, but not as like like these two. Better microphones and better transducers on either end is going to really make that system shine as long as your room has been treated. Yeah, the um the church that I worked at, uh the pastors wireless he always had a lab like a a countryman wireless mic when he's preaching and every sunday without fail the body pack would there would be room interference like it Mm -hmm. would just it would just in middle of a message and and then it would stop and he'd grab a handheld and it it was this but it was come to find out we were using a cheap wireless system that just didn't work and it was a it was a line of sight system and it and where we had things and it wasn't set up properly so we went to a better sounds, a better wireless mic. Didn't re- didn't replace the sound system. Didn't re- we just replaced? We just upgraded um, his body pack and 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 transmitter. Problem was gone, and uh, he could actually deliver the message without without fail. And it was like, and it was one of those moments where like we dealt with that for so long, and it was all we had to do was order the right piece that was for the room and um, and, and change it. Just, it. And change it. And then yep. the problem was gone. And we didn't have to live with it week in and week out. You know what you can do, too? Sometimes a pastor or a tech or a worship leader will be to a church that they have just visited recently. And they're just in awe of the system. And then we, we need to do that. Yeah. And you got to ask yourself the question, is the church the same kind of a church as ours? Is, is, is right. it a black box? Is it an old vaulted ceiling with stained glass windows? That system in the black box will not work in this church. Right. right. <laughs> so you might want to visit some churches as a group once in a while, pastor, tech, worship leader, whenever you can get away together and visit some churches that are like yours. 
mm. similar congregational size. Yep. See what they're doing. See what you like about their system. See what you don't like. The other thing I've always wanted to do is start like these chapters of fellowships of technical ministries or worship ministries where people in your community get together and talk to each other, network with each other, yeah. learn from each other, teach each other. You know, you know nothing about video, but this guy over in this church knows everything about video. He works yep. for CBS, and he can come and help you set up your broadcast. And it doesn't cost you anything. It's just the the the, the church coming together to help each other. And these we're so divided. Amen. You know, segmented. You know, be, between denominations, or you know, Pentecostal won't go to a Presbyterian church. It's crazy. But yep. when it comes to these technical production matters, it's all the same stuff. So so true. All right, so um, one more question for you, uh, and it's it's the food question because I like the food question in this, yeah, in this, yeah. in this conversation. I love. So food. we call our podcast the table, which in I, I good food and good conversation go hand in hand. Oh, now, yeah. er, last year in season one, we had your wife and daughter on the podcast. <laughs> they we did it. We did a the three of us did a conversation about vocal stuff. So and their response to this question. I'm interested to see if the answers are close to what yours were. Uh, you know, just to kind of get, but, but uh, your wife does, she said she doesn't want, she just kind of doesn't do that anymore. She yeah. doesn't cook. And Corinne said Indian food. She said yeah. that she's really, right. Indian food is, right. is um, what, what would be at, at their house. So if I'm coming over to the Gould house, like what is, uh, what would be on the table for dinner? Like, what do you guys? Well, if I know you're coming, the first thing I'm going to ask you is what do you like? Ooh. Because I can cook anything. Yes. And if I don't know how to cook it, I have a son in Boston who's like, like I said, he's one of the best chefs in the world. I just call That's him. Awesome. So do you like pulled pork and barbecue? Do you like Italian? Do you want me to just go to the restaurant tonight and grab like a, a big platter of sushi? And we'll have that together. Um, do you, want a, you want a steak or chops on the grill? I love to grill. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I, I'm just going to ask you what you like, and then I'll do that. Because okay. I eat everything. I mean, that's the way life should be. Yeah, I do. I'm not as heavy on the carbs as I used to be because yeah. I'm I'm pre-diabetic now. Okay. But um, so no sugar, stay off the white bread, stay off the pasta. But there's a lot of Italian meals that don't have pasta They're on top of spinach or with, you know, garbanzo beans or yep. something like that. So, yeah, I'm cool. Tell me what you want. I'll make it. That's amazing. So, are you when you do when you say grilling? Are you grilling? Are you do, do you have a smoker too? You guys, do, I, have a, you, I have a smoker and I have a charcoal grill. It's not on a gas grill. Charcoal grill. That's yeah, yeah. That's my my kids saw a charcoal grill the other day for the first time because I've always used gas, and they were like, "That's so much work." And I'm like, "That's what," but, but that's, that's the way the cooking is. should be. It's yeah. right. That's, yeah, that's right. That's exactly. The flavor is yeah. I just turn the gas on and turn it off. And I, so, I mean, I, I, I'll throw a couple of ribeyes on there, or you yeah. know, uh, uh, some thick, you know. Uh, uh, free range pork chops, you know. Oh yeah, they're like that thick. Yep. Or some ribs. Sounds amazing. <laughs> or chicken. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Whatever you want. That's I'm amazing. your guy. That's that's. <laughs> this is how life. This is why we're friends. This is why we. This is why we hang out. Hey, so tell us how we can connect with you and Doug Gould, Worship MD. Like I, I just I'm sitting here thinking I want you to come to my church. Like how do we how do we connect with you? Um, you can call me uh, if you want me okay. to give you my phone number. It's 609-273-5397. You can call me. You can email me, Doug at worshipmd.com. You can find me on Facebook, Doug Gould, or I have a Worship MD Facebook page also. Um, 
Instagram, I, Worship MD, or Martins in Worship, because I have a Martin Guitar Instagram page. Awesome. Um, so any yeah. of those ways, and then just kind of connect with you about yeah uh, about coming out. Or, but, uh, or just asking me a question. I don't mind yeah. answering questions, you know, for people. Awesome. So. Okay. Hey, Doug, I appreciate you hanging out today. I appreciate yeah, you. Yeah, thanks for and, asking me, man. And yeah, even though course. I prompted you, even though I like I, I elbowed you to have me on the show, is <laughs> you didn't make it sound like that. So I appreciate that. No, not at all. Not <laughs> this at all. Guy I was, begged me to be on. Yes, we're fine. Okay, fine. I'll fine. <laughs> if I have to, I'll do it. No. That's amazing. All right, awesome. I will right, we'll see everybody next week. See ya.